Hi, Shannon Waller here, and I'm really excited about today's Inside Strategic Coach podcast because, Dan, you and I are going to talk about one of your most exciting and favorite topics at the moment, which is procrastination. So let's kick off and describe what is procrastination and who does it impact? Who does it affect? Procrastination, first of all, is a topic that generally is bothersome to entrepreneurs. I've been coaching entrepreneurs since the 1970s. It's very, very bothersome, but it's very secret to most entrepreneurs. I find that most people, when you talk about procrastination, you bring it up as a topic that if they are forthcoming and they actually talk about procrastination, it's probably the first time in their life they've ever had a conversation with anyone about procrastination. And yet, I've never met anyone in my entire life, and this isn't just entrepreneurs, it's people in general, that if you bring the topic up, there are just vast amounts of experience that come pouring out. Until people can actually talk about it, it's generally negative experience. They're kind of embarrassed by the fact that they procrastinate. A lot of people believe that it's sort of a character flaw, and they have a perception that they procrastinate, but other people don't. So they see a real separation between themselves and other people. First of all, I have to admit, hi, my name is Dan, and I'm a procrastinator. <laughs> so what we're doing right now in Strategic Coach, starting in the 10 Times program, at the beginning of each workshop, now a 10 Times workshop, we explore some dimension of why people procrastinate, and it's been one of the most electric new concepts that we have introduced into Coach, I think, in the entire 28 years that we've had the workshop program. And going back throughout my coaching experience, I've never had more interesting, insightful, transforming conversations on any topic that relates to entrepreneurial experience greater than talking about procrastination, why we do it, what do you do about it? I mean, first of all, you know, if you can tell the truth about why you procrastinate, then it's got enormous richness. It's got enormous energy to it. Well, it's interesting because I think procrastinating is really universal experience is something we, we put off doing something we know we should do. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of a clue of how you know you're procrastinating mm -hmm. about something. So it really is something that all of us experience. Now, you've made a comment before that people always procrastinate for intelligent reasons. Yeah. And that's way more credit than I hear most people giving themselves about procrastinating. So can you talk about that? Yeah. Well, the first mindset related to this, and we're going to talk about three mindsets. The first one is everybody does it but everybody mostly keeps it secret, so they feel very isolated. Second mindset is that my observation from all the conversations, and I've had hundreds with different individuals, is that you're always procrastinating for an intelligent reason. And what I mean by that is that you know you have to move forward, but there's something missing in the situation that disinclines you to take action right now, so there's a tendency to postpone into the future until you get a feeling that things are right. That's the intelligent part of procrastination. So it's an indicator that something isn't quite right. But the non-intelligent, the harmful part of procrastination is there is an intelligent reason, but you don't find out what the reason is. You don't go deeper 
to find out, why am I procrastinating? You know, it's a great question. If you ask yourself why you're procrastinating, the reason will come out, and you'll see that there's something missing, there's a deficiency, and something has to be added before you'll feel the capability and confidence to move forward. See, that's really interesting because most people I know don't actually ask themselves that question, Mm -hmm. why? It's very much about, well, if you feel badly, I should. And then, you know, I remember writing papers in university and doing everything but, you know, I'd be clean my dorm room, I would organize things, which I'd never organized things, so that was unusual in and of itself. But I would put off everything instead of focusing on that one thing. But you're right, it's because I didn't quite feel the capability level or I, mm-hmm. maybe I needed to text or something before mm-hmm. I finally was deadline-driven enough to make it happen. So I love the fact that there actually is an intelligent reason, but the not intelligent part is not really finding out why. Yeah. So. Is there a general thing that does get in the way of people not taking action, especially entrepreneurs? Yeah. In other words, in some way, they're obligated to taking an action, producing a result, but they haven't really worked out in their mind what the real payoff if they go through and actually complete the action. Their mind has not created what the bigger and better result would be if they actually did go through and complete the action. So they're procrastinating for a very intelligent reason. They haven't really thought of what will happen after they produce the result. What's the payoff? The interesting thing about it is, Shannon, that actually when they think it through, the payoff is very, very significant. Once they're clear about that, people move forward very, very quickly, but they haven't thought through what the payoff is. They're just seeing it as kind of a burden that they've taken on. And it seems to them that the the obligation, it's not a commitment. The commitment is actually the breakthrough for doing it. They feel an obligation that something is expected of them. And usually we procrastinate most where we've obligated ourselves in such a way that other people are depending upon our actually producing a result that other people are really depending on getting that result, but we're not actually doing it. So for entrepreneurs, there's very, very few things, if you're a really successful entrepreneur, that you're just doing for yourself. Generally speaking, in a work setting as an entrepreneur, team members are depending upon something. Clients and customers are depending upon something. You may be working with consultants. You may be working with vendors. And they can't take action until you've done something. It may be as simple as a decision. It may be something where you have to do part of the action so that they're in position where their abilities can click in, but they can't do anything until you've done your part of it. So we're feeling that pressure of other people's expectations. But again, That's not the thing to be looking at. The thing to be looking at is what is the payoff for yourself personally if you actually follow through, but then what's the payoff for everybody else? It's so interesting because I know that one of the greatest fears and really sources of guilt that so many entrepreneurs and team members and team leaders feel is when they're the bottleneck. 
Mm-hmm. You know, when we're the one that's impeding the progress, we beat ourselves up and we can't sleep and all these things mm-hmm. happen because we know. But you're saying by just by switching our thinking, instead of focusing on the pain points, focusing on the bigger and better payoff, we can actually shift our mindset and therefore our actions about we'll stop procrastinating. Yeah. And here's the thing about the payoff at your present level of capability and confidence, you may not be up to yet actually producing that payoff. So that's the intelligent reason is that you're not ready yet to perform at the higher level that's going to be required. But if you take entrepreneurs and do a history of where their breakthroughs have come in their entrepreneurial history, you know, one of the things we do in the 10 times when we're projecting 10 times into the future, I said, I'm not going to start you off with the future here. I'm going to take you back to when you were one-tenth revenues, one-tenth profits of where you are right now. And I want you to think of the crucial breakthroughs that you made from back then sometime in your earlier part of your entrepreneurial career. And now you're here. You'll see in every case the breakthrough came when you committed yourself to something and you went through a period of anxiousness, you went through a period of discomfort, but then you acquired new capabilities and your confidence jumped. And that altogether, commitment and then the courage that it takes to go through a period of anxiety, fear, discomfort until a new capability has developed and then your confidence level jumps, and that's all four of them together produce the breakthrough. So I'm describing the four C's formula that we created in Strategic Coach. Well, I really like recognizing or acknowledging the fact that when you're procrastinating, it actually is because you need to do something that requires courage. And growth. And growth. And that's not a way I've thought of, I think, any of my procrastinations up until (laughs) now, because I usually look at it from a much more negative framework. The biggest procrastinations, you know, if I examine my own experience, my biggest procrastinations are always the one where I'm immediately challenged to grow. I have to develop new skills. I have to develop new knowledge. I have to expand my role in teamwork with other people with unique abilities. I'm really good at this, and every time I'm challenged with a new, not a request, but a demand to grow, it always scares me. Everybody says, you must be really good at this now. And I said, the stakes are higher now. The results are bigger right now. The teamwork's greater. The results are far bigger. But I said, I always go through a period of fear when I take on something that's bigger than my present capabilities and confidence. I always get scared. And I expect I always will get scared. And that should be something that's normal to me and that there isn't going to be a time in my future when I am not confronted with something that scares me, keeps me up at night, worries me. And I said, if I'm going to continue growing, I have to build that as a normal experience that I'm going to have for anything that's bigger, better, newer, different. That's fascinating. I really think that one of my beliefs as I was growing up was at some point I would not feel as nervous or as scared or all of those emotions that you've described as an adult. And in fact, quite the opposite is true. This really is a growth process. And mm-hmm. and it's making friends with that 
fear and the need for mm-hmm. courage that really results in exponential multiplier growth. Because I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear you say, hi, I'm Dan, I'm a procrastinator. I mean, they see how much you do, how much you put out, how quickly you get things in motion, your large degrees of teamwork, and they would just think, Dan? procrastinate? Mm -hmm. How can that be true? We introduced the exercise that goes into this. And so this was in 2016, this idea was introduced, first of all, to our own team. So before I started the workshops for that quarter, we had one of our three general team meetings where everybody from our team member network, which extends over eight time zones from London to Los Angeles, It was the first time I had tried it out, so I was nervous, I was scared, but I had worked out the actual exercise sheet to do this. And I remember afterwards, I knew I had hit pay dirt with this concept because I've never had so many team members, some of them who had never really engaged me in conversation. You know, we have 120 team members, so I don't know all of them and I don't work with all of them in the normal course of my activities, there's vast amount that gets done in Strategic Coach, and I've never really worked with the people who do it. And I had more people come up to me and said, you know, never in a million years would I imagine that Dan Sullivan procrastinates. You just seem to be totally pouring out the stuff. You seem confident all, all the time. And I said, nope. I said, there's always something I'm doing every day that stretches me. There's always something I'm doing every day that challenges me. And I said, and I've learned to translate the anxiety, discomfort, and fear into new capability. But you have to make the commitment to the big payoff before you can understand the stakes of why it's necessary for you to move forward. Even at the beginning, you don't have the capability and confidence you know that by committing and being willing to go through a period of courage, you're going to actually produce the new capability and new confidence. And before you start, you don't know what that actually looks like. So it's really taking that leap of faith. You have to kind of be able to envision it and step into it, even knowing it might be totally different. I'm not sure it's an act of faith, but it's faith that an unpredictable future breakthrough will happen, which you can't control, and the other thing is that you can't predict exactly what it is, and being willing to live your future of creating things that have, at the beginning, a fair amount of unpredictability to them. Mm -hmm. That's really powerful. Dan, I also like how you work to make procrastination useful, which is such a different way of looking at it. So how can we take this raw material and actually use it for good? This is fairly recent. I mean, as we're having this podcast, you know, I'm still within the half year since I really did this. And I actually had a partner in this. It's Dean Jackson, who is a really great 10 times entrepreneur and strategic coach. And Dean comes to his workshop on a Thursday, and he's usually in the first workshop of every quarter here in Toronto. So the workshop is on a Thursday, and we make a habit of having lunch on the Saturday. And Dean's just got a very intriguing mind. He's got a very, very fascinating way of thinking about things, and he's a great conversational partner. So I just started to sketch out this idea, 
And it had come because I've made a commitment to produce a brand new book every quarter for 100 quarters. I had done it seven quarters in a row, but I noticed in the middle of each quarter's process of producing the new book, I go through about a week or 10 days of procrastination when I know there's things that I have to get ready for other team members in the book process because we have a team of numbers, about seven or eight people, whose talents are required to actually produce the brand new book every quarter. And I just caught myself in this period, and it was in the week before I met with Dean, and I said, what am I thinking about here? I'm very, very interested in how my mind works all my life. I've been very, very interested in stepping back, and I have sort of three questions, you know, what am I thinking about? And the second one is, why am I thinking about this in this way? And is there actually a better way to think about this than I'm doing? I had never zeroed in on procrastination before, and all of a sudden, it was under the microscope. The spotlight was on it, and I said, wow, I said, I'm in my 70s, but I can remember as a child procrastinating. So consciously, I've been at this at least 65 years, and I said, I, gee, I've never really sat back and taken a real detailed look at why I'm procrastinating. Some of the insights that I'm sharing in this podcast started to pour out, and I said, gee, what a fascinating subject. I bet this would be a hot item for the next workshop. I wasn't any further in my thinking than that when I had my luncheon date with Dean, and I just shared with him what I thought about, and the one additional insight I had come to, you know, if you use procrastination as your strategic tool to figure out what you should really be working on tomorrow, procrastination will shine a light on probably the two or three most important things that you should be doing tomorrow. And Dean just looked at me. His eyes got really bright, and I could see his brain working. And he said, have you known this all these years, and you're just sharing it with me the first time? (laughs) Because Dean will tell you he's one of the greatest procrastinators that he knows. And it just had a catalytic effect. I mean, I could see his mind transforming in front of me. (laughs) And very, very interesting, before the luncheon was over, we had hatched a plan to actually do a podcast series on this. And Dean's got this really amazing fast turnaround technology where he just has an 800 number and you phone the 800 number and it starts recording and you can do a complete podcast. And then a half hour later, it's already posted as a podcast. And he said, why don't we start doing a podcast series? So this is on a Saturday and we did our first podcast on the Sunday. And he already had the logo. He already had the site up. And it really struck me that on the topic of procrastination, Dean was not procrastinating. He was running (laughs) ahead. We, as a team, weren't procrastinating. In the space of about three or four months, we've actually put up six podcasts, which if you go to Google, you can just put in Joy of Procrastination. Each of them is an hour. I just did one yesterday with Dean. And we're just exploring incredible entrepreneurial dimensions about where procrastination comes from. And it's not one thing. There's a lot of different dimensions of why people procrastinate. I think it's an inexhaustible subject 
because although everybody procrastinates, I think we do it in a different way. And we learn from why other people procrastinate and we learn from how they think about it. And all this is really, really fascinating subject matter. So we're getting this out. And every workshop, I'm coming up with a new dimension for the exercise. It definitely is true that procrastination is something that you can use quite differently, Mm. which is kind of fascinating. And and Mm. your point about using it as a way to drive your behavior is so unusual. It it just it it is one of those things I can see why Dean said you've been holding back back from me on this because we haven't really ever used it. It's always been something to shove to the side. I think because um, it's secret, we keep it to ourselves, uh, which in in fact kind of isolates us from other people. It's never actually a topic of discussion. Um, We don't get any value out of it. You know, it's it's like a resource because there's a tremendous amount of experience with this. There's a tremendous amount of emotion tied up with it. And um, the thing that I found is that we have a sense of wasted time. Uh, We have a sense of wasted energy about it. But I've learned that it's not actually wasted. It's just trapped. And that, in fact, if you uh, use procrastination as your key indicator of what is your strategically most important things to work on tomorrow, I always do it in the evening. Dean does it when he gets up in the morning, and he has procrastination actually direct the key uh, activities for the day. I do it the night before because I like, uh, I, I'm a great believer that uh, what we set our mind up to do next day, our, our, our brain really works on it through the night when we're sleeping. And I get up in the morning and I'm crystal clear about what the day is going to be that when you actually follow through, you, you actually go through the discomfort, which is real, and you, uh, you, know, you, you commit yourself to the outcome, and you get very clear about what the outcome, if you follow through, um, a new capability and a new confidence. And when you make that breakthrough, Shannon, all the time that you thought was wasted, actually, you get results incredibly quickly, so there was no wasted time. Uh, you you get a huge burst of energy when you break through on a procrastination. So the energy was not wasted. It was just trapped. And you're off and running. So what I've done for the last three or four months and what Dean Jackson has done for the last three or four months, we've set up tomorrow always using the uh, three biggest things that we're procrastinating on. And I, I have to tell you that's been the most productive quarter that I've ever had as an entrepreneur. It's the, it's the most creative quarter I've ever had as, the, you know, the coach in Strategic Coach. So I, I really feel that we've really tapped into something very powerful. And, you know, the original definition of an entrepreneur is taking resources from a lower level of productivity to a higher level of productivity. This is a French economist Um, before there were economists by the name of Jean-Baptiste Say. It was 1804, and he says entrepreneurs are individuals who take, uh, you know, low-producing resources and make them high-producing. Well, you can do that every day with yourself by simply taking your procrastinations, which in their 
procrastination form our, our resources, but with very low productivity. And then on you act them, you immediately take that resource to a higher level of productivity. So I, I look forward to the rest of my life where each of my tomorrows is really set up with the three biggest procrastinations that I identify uh, tonight. And then tomorrow I take action on them, and uh, it just produces enormous um, creativity. And the other thing is that um, it's vastly expanded my use of teamwork with other people because one of the things that makes you procrastinate is you think that it's 100% yours to do. And I find in my company that's not true. Uh, I'm the person who makes it up. But other people make it real, and still other people make it recur. But I, in my mind, I was taking on all three roles, and I'm not a make-it-real person, and I'm not a make-it-recur uh, person. I'm strictly a make-it-up person. But other people can't make things real, and other people can't make things recur until I've actually made it up and put it in a form that they can actually use their unique ability to extend it further. So what is really interesting to me about this is that your your goal is not to stop procrastinating, although I'm sure from the outside it looks like you've stopped procrastinating if it's that productive for you, but really just to make better and faster use of those procrastinations every single day. That is such a radically <clears throat> different way of approaching procrastination. Yeah, I would say that the only way to truly stop procrastination is uh, stop having any personal ambitions about a bigger and better future. Um, and the reason is I think that procrastination is actually uh, triggered by having a vision of a result that's bigger and better in the future that would be extraordinarily positive for you, but uh, you won't get there without growing, and it's the challenge to grow that's actually stopping you. Mm, that's fantastic. So procrastination is a result of growth, and it's done for highly intelligent reasons, and we use it to be incredibly strategic about how to plan our next day. Yes, and uh, here's, a, here's a little tip. It was kind of interesting when we were finished our lunch. I had a limousine pick us up, and we were going to the same destination. It was about a 10, 15-minute limousine drive, and I got in the car with a driver that I know. His name is Peter, and I said to Peter, Peter, do you procrastinate? He says, oh, I could write the book on procrastination. And we had this discussion for about five, ten minutes about procrastination. And uh, just a, 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 it's a theory right now because I really haven't tested it out. Uh, but I said, I bet any stranger that you meet, if you want to break the ice and talk to the stranger, is simply ask the person, I'm a procrastinator. And I procrastinate a lot. And I just wondered if you procrastinate too. And I believe that you would break the ice so fast and people would want to talk. See, I think people would really like to talk about this. But because the conventional way, uh, first of all, you're taught in school, you're taught in work situations, you're taught in every situation. It's, it's, it's really you should be embarrassed and ashamed for your procrastinations, and uh, it's kind of a character flaw. And I've, I've seen motivation books that really position procrastination as a bad thing. I've seen platform motivational speakers talk about that, uh, you know, it's your enemy, you're, you're being an enemy to yourself. Uh, and I said, this this 
doesn't solve the problem at all. This just drives people further into secrecy. It just drives people further into um, isolation. And they're trapped. They're trapped with the lost time. They're trapped with the sense of lost energy. And uh, and I said, this is not entrepreneurial. This is a not an intelligent way of dealing with something which can be extraordinarily strategically powerful uh, for the rest of your life. Mm, great. Thank you so much, Dan. I love our dialogue about procrastination. And I just love that it can be such a useful thing and not something to be ashamed of or feel guilty about Mm -hmm. anymore. So thank Mm -hmm. you for that. My pleasure, Shannon.